What is going on, everybody? This is the Eat Sleep Elite Repeat Podcast. Episode number two. We are coming to you live. And this week of wrestling was really great, honestly. I, I really enjoyed it. And uh, just before we get into things, though, just make sure that if you're uh, listening to us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, make sure you go ahead and follow in or subscribe on those respective platforms. Uh, at this point, uh, we're just trying to get the podcast out there, so anything helps. Definitely, definitely. Um, but Hello, everybody. Yeah, I mean, honestly, this is a really great week of, uh, of AEW wrestling. AEW Grand Slam, my man. I'm, dude, it was a big week. Yeah. I like the gimmick behind the name too. It, it it was very fitting for the Arthur Ashe Stadium, and honestly, just right off the top, dude, I I think they did. I feel like they did a good job. Oh yeah, I hundred percent agree. And so, just jumping off of that, I mean, this is the thing that we tend to to go to first on the show is the things that we liked because um you know we tend to like talking about things we like and not necessarily about the things we don't. You know, we try to stay positive here. Um, but for me this week, I know that. The thing that I really enjoyed, and this was subtly like, I didn't expect this to be the thing that I ended up talking about this week, but there was a match on AW Dynamite Grand Slam uh, between Cody Rhodes and Malachi Black. And on paper, this match is a heel match for Malachi because he's been being a heel like the entire time. You know what I mean, like, yeah, cutting um, promos on, on uh, Rosario Dawson last week, you know? Yeah, like, I mean, he's 100% like a heel right now, and I think he will remain a heel, obviously, considering the storyline. But it felt like, and I've, and, and the reference that I used when I sent the message to you after watching this was um, Rock Hogan, but I would also compare it to, like, other, there's been a million matches like this, I'm sure. But I just want that to be the visual in your, in your guys' head that you think I'm talking about. So basically, the idea is that there was, I believe, a double turn in this match, essentially, that the crowd was... Yeah, kind of booing Cody a little bit for having gotten his wins back, as you mentioned in our in our conversation in, in the past over some other yes, top talent versus that, Darby Allen and Brody Lee. Uh, Cody put them over and then got his wins back, and I think the crowd, I'm almost positive the crowd was booing him because they didn't want that to happen with Malachi Black. Black already beat him, you know. I think it, it, it makes sense to me. Now, what I think is interesting about that too is like you'd think, especially in AEW, that Cody's almost always going to be a babyface, like inevitably, even when he's a heel, right? Like I think he's still yep. going to be cheered to some extent just for being one of the main people that put the whole thing together, you know. Um, same with the Bucks and and Kenny, you know what I mean? Like they're they're immortal in this company. It doesn't matter; people love them, right? Um, but EVP. you know, exactly. But like at the same time. You could feel the energy in the crowd changing throughout the course of this match. Like at the beginning, they're all in support when Brandy does the double uh, middle fingers, you know? Oh, beautiful moment. Nice seeing Brandy back, by the way. Three months uh, post-labor. She looks fantastic. Oh, yeah, she looks great. But like also like – so they're clearly on their side to begin with. But there's a point, and you can pinpoint it in the match, where Cody hears the boos and he knows what he has to do. Like – he yep. expects to be on his comeback, and he just cuts it off in the middle on the fly because he knows they're not interested in watching him win. And so I don't think they changed the result on the fly. I find no. that hard to believe. No, It's yeah. hard to do that in wrestling, right? So I think they had the right result in mind, but I think they might have changed some of the calls of who was playing what role. It felt like toward the end, absolutely Malachi was wrestling face wrestling. Like which if if they called that in the ring, it worked perfectly. Like I I I want to think. And that if they not, did. they structured the match brilliantly yeah, in a way that exactly. made it seem that way. You know, like because when Cody hit that crossroads, everyone was booing. You know, mm-hmm. I thought I, I personally thought Cody was getting the win. 
I'm yeah. Like, oh, shit. Here we go again. You know? Yep. Like, and the way he leaned into the booze, absolutely. So I, I did take up a little bit of chunk of time there, but like, uh, I'm just curious what you what you were really into this week. I'm pretty sure everybody knows what it's going to be, but you know, let's yes. go ahead and get into it. And absolutely, and I, I just just to touch on that real quick, the finish of that, Alistair Black using the black mist into the eyes of Cody. Oh yeah, actually, that's I like good. I like for his character. I really like that touch. I think that's the first time I've ever seen that move get a pop. Like <laughs> yeah, Malachi, it's usually Black. a heel move. You know what I mean? Like. Usually yeah, it's good. He boost. is tuned up to 100, man. Like he really is, and I'm really liking Malachi Black in AEW right now. As I was a big fan of Tommy End and Alistair Black. Um, and my favorite moment of this week, we were segment guys last week, Garrett. We're match guys this week. You feel Absolutely. me? Absolutely. Oh Brian yeah. Danielson versus Kenny Omega. This is you know as they were calling a dream match, and unlike some other dream matches, this one didn't you know go out and have a stink fest. In my opinion, I really really enjoyed this match. Um, and I just kind of, kind of cut to the finish cause we can talk all day about it. And this actually yeah. did get five stars from Dave Meltzer. If you guys follow that or care about that personally, I like to keep an eye on that. It's just fun to see. Yeah. It's always interesting and, to see what Meltzer thinks. Yeah. And we have one thing I want to touch on is the counters to the one winged angel. The one winged angel is such a protected move in every I'm single. I'm thinking of one in particular. <laughs> Yeah, the counters to it were just so brilliant, and this is this is this is why Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega are two of my favorites, and one of my other favorites is you guys will get to know on this podcast is Ray Phoenix. I truly think Ray Phoenix is one of the best wrestlers on this planet, definitely Fact. one of the top three in North America, and he might not be number three. And I just want to say, like the V trigger going for the pins, and we saw Omega bust out the Phoenix Splash. Oh, yeah, we haven't cool. seen that in like two years. He's like literally like a New Japan blast yeah. or something like. Um, so real quick, let's talk about this finish. Now, I am a big fan of them even having this rule. A lot of people are like, oh, JR tipped it off by mentioning it so heavy at the beginning. Oh, you know, uh, there's 30 minute time limit. Maybe JR was doing that to remind himself. That is more than possible, right? Um, but I, I, this is the perfect finish for these guys. You didn't oh, yeah. need a winner for this match. You didn't need it. Having this time limit draw is it creates so many more storylines. We didn't have to have the Bucks come in thirty minutes in, you know, thirty minutes into the match and then kick Daniel Bryan in the back of the head and get a DQ finish. We didn't need that. Let this go to time limit draw. Maybe this goes to full gear. Maybe it's Hangman at full gear. We still don't know. Uh, we're still keeping not keeping an eye on that and what's going to happen, but. Garrett, I was kind of I all over the place, run but back right away, right? Just give give it time because that match can happen whenever, and people are going to buy into it, right? So there's yeah. no reason to pull the load on it immediately, unless you think you're going to make more money now. Yeah, absolutely. Just before we move on, though, I wanted to touch on a couple of spots from the match that just made yes, me like, yes, lose please. my mind. So the dragon sleeper off the top was obviously insane, and oh obviously Danielson took it in a safe way because I think if Kenny took that move, he probably would have landed on his head um, on purpose. Yeah, that the dragon um, snap suplex on the. Uh, on the ramp with Daniel's neck. Oh, that no, I was referencing the no, one. I'm off saying the that in general as oh, well. That, that's yeah, 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 off the neck. Well, oh they, yeah. They, that they might have been really why he didn't take that, that one as hard. Maybe even maybe because he was a little stiff from that first one. But yeah. um, the other one that I really thought was crazy was, well, there was two more that I really enjoyed. The one that um, I really liked was the, like the sort of like the running V trigger. I don't even know. Oh which my one God. Yes. Yes. He looked like he got absolutely killed on that move. 
And I'm trying to think what the third one was now, but there was another spot as well. But like the whole match was just full of spots that I was just like super interested in from the beginning. Oh, it was the it was the reverse Rana off of the uh, off of the V trigger. That was or off the sorry off the one winged angel setup. That was an insane move because I've never seen somebody <laughs> counter tiny like that before. Like, oh yeah, dude. Did, did you do you like the finish? I, I'm just um, some people didn't. I, some people so wanted this a, is fickle wrestling win. fans. They loved the non finish when it was Cody versus Darby because they didn't want Darby to lose, but they didn't want Cody to also lose. So they like people got the result they wanted at both ends there, right? But like, yeah. But like at the same time, like I don't know. I'm not a fan of non finishes a lot of times, but like I, if in you this can case, into I the think sword. it actually makes sense because, yeah. like I said, I almost kind of expected it to end in a draw, especially once they mentioned the time limit. Because like, yeah, if you can do this match non-title and it ends in a draw absolutely the best way to end the match because if one of them wins well if danielson loses now why would he ever get a title shot against this guy right yeah or yeah. anybody for that matter you know um because if he can't beat him but he can beat the next guy with the title you know what i'm saying like anyway it, it, it in i question. think it really helps create the storylines and what i what i love right now is just everything literally just about everything on this show especially during grand slam we had four hours of wrestling only two women's matches, which they can do a little better, but it's my one complaint right now about where the direction is. But I think every single match has a story going into it, and it's it's that simple, man. It's that simple. That keeps you interested in every single match. Bird. <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry. So um, so we, we, we spent a good amount of time talking about the stuff that we like. I There was so many great spots in that match in, in general. Absolutely. We could talk for um, hours about this match. I'm sure this is this is going to be a, the kind of match where you go back and watch more than once for sure. Absolutely. The stadium, um, the crowd. Let's put over the crowd real quick. The crowd was oh, yeah, unbelievable. The crowd was so this. hot, uh, especially on Wednesday. They were so hot. Like After um, 18 months of pretty much no crowds, like this, this it feels nice, man. It feels really good to be back with – with a crowd this hot, and I feel like they got a show worth their money. I will be a hundred percent honest with everybody. That's what lost me about about twenty twenty wrestling. I wasn't watching already before then, but when I tried to come back during the middle of the pandemic, there it, it was just hard. Felt like it was so hard to watch. There were great matches happening, but it just felt so difficult to get into storylines and stuff with just no reaction from the crowd. I mean, it had to be hard to work like that, man. Like I can't even. Yeah, very. Like, I mean, think about it. Uh, Brody Lee and Matt Hardy debuted to no crowds, and Brody Lee's angle got so over online, and just he never really got the chance to experience that in front of the crowd. Sucks that he never got to see that. Yeah, but so we know that it would have been so over, so into it. Yeah, but anyway, um, shifting gears a little bit. Um, what's uh, let's go ahead and go on. Blah, 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 blah. Let's go ahead and uh, talk about the uh, the wrestling news of the week, Charlie. What do you got? Yeah, we got some good news, man, and I think this is something that you and I both are really big fans of, and that is AEW and the Owen Hart Foundation entering a partnership to honor Owen's legacy. Um, what comes with this, Garrett, is it's a tournament. There will be an mm-hmm. annual Owen Hart Cup tournament, which will see the winner win a trophy known as the Owen. Owen will also be in the upcoming AEW video game, and you know what? We need legacy characters in these video games. Owen Hart, Garrett, I know yourself is a purebred wrestling brother owen hart is always there I, I like i'm i like seeing his legacy honored it's that simple i mean having a tournament for him and in his honor and the owen can someone we can have a young talent win this tournament and this can skyrocket them to the next stage in their career this is just i feel like this is tony khan when he says there's not just going to be like wins and losses and stuff like that factor into like hall of fame stuff right i think um 
Owen winners, multiple time Owen winners could start being a part of that conversation. An annual tournament? It, I every, love it. If it happens every year, somebody can win that twice, like five yeah. years apart, and you wouldn't care because it's been long enough. You know what I mean? Like They can so, make this be the most important thing. And one of the things they could do with this, I'm telling you, this this is there's a lot of things they could do. If you have the first winner of this, go on to win a title, whether it's the TNT or you can establish a really nice precedent that it sets you yep. up for a title shot. Yeah. Even if it's not like right away, like it could be like if this person is somebody we're looking at for either the main event or whatever scene that they're a part of, you know, um, I saw a lot of people hoping that the first winner is Brian Pillman Jr. Like that's just kind of the direction of his career. We'll get to I'm him. cool with it, man. I'm, we'll get to him. I'm not entirely impressed. I will leave you with that for the right varsity now. blonde. I, I like the varsity blondes much more than him as a singles right now. So that's right. Personally, it's I not that either I Ricky Starks or Darby Allen probably take this right now. If I was, if we're going like a younger, Ooh. homegrown AEW yeah, type Darby. talent, so uh, Darby feels not, like he's always like in the middle of being like we, we want to push you, but we just not yet. And it's like we just give him a chance, man. Like yeah, I don't know what's next for him. Um, all right, Ed, another small thing, but still kind of cool for our fans and the, the wrestling brothers in Minneapolis. Full Gear is going to be at the Target Center. Minneapolis is a huge wrestling fan base. Good for them. This is. You know, I'm glad we know where Full Gear's at. I'm very excited for Full Gear, especially after how good Grand Slam was and where this roster's at. Um, another little one we had was Bronson Reed or Jonah Rock, whichever one you know him as, is in talks of all major promotions, is what he's saying. Is that going to be AEW? Who knows? I, I mean, mean the, fa- I'm cool the fascinating with thing about the NXT guys all is that, like, it seems like their contracts are structured completely differently. So, like... We could see a lot of people end up making that jump because of the people that are going over now. You know, like it's really yeah. weird. On Dark, there's a couple guys we're going to talk about. Uh, the la- uh, one of our last ones here is we have a new member who is all elite, and that is Satnam Singh. He's a former NBA player. He's the first ever player from India to be drafted into the NBA. He's seven foot three. Okay. And he will report to the Nightmare Factory, which is, you know, they're kind of their wrestling. Uh, I don't want to say performance center, but if I say that, people kind of know what I mean. <laughs> it, well, it, it it's makes probably sense. better to compare it to like the the warehouse deal. Yeah, Cody like Rhodes the, and QT um, Marshall kind of they run it. It reminds me a lot of the uh, ECW or ECW, the WCW like power plan. You know what I mean? Like in the way that that worked. Where it was just, like, one of the big things sport. I liked out of this was Tony Khan was talking about how he's committed to cultivating their own homegrown stars, and. Just kind of the last little thing is it, I saw people talking about it. Um, Ricky Starks does consider himself an AEW homegrown star, so it kind of ties in with that. And I mean, hey, Ricky Starks, while he hasn't been on the card the past couple of weeks, he was on commentary um, tonight for Rampage, which, as you guys know, we record this after Rampage, and I, he kind of popped me a couple times. So I think that's a good sign that they're already having themselves some homegrown stars. That's a good sign. It, it definitely is what you want to see more of. I would really have hoped that a lot of the talent that they had brought in to be their homegrown talent would have stuck around, you know? A lot yeah. of them didn't work out, though. So it's like, you know, we're, it's the new crop. It's the people that did work. So it's like, yeah, it sucks, though, because there were so many people that when they first launched, I was like, man, these guys can be really cool. And yeah, like, I, I wonder if there. Rip Baker's considered a homegrown star. She had has she I think she'd wrestled before at AEW or maybe I'm wrong. Like I thought she. I, had, I just don't but. know where. I, I I remember seeing something she had under a hundred matches before she had her first AEW Dynamite match. So I guess technically she probably would be at homegrown in a way. 
which is probably the most successful. It probably depends. Oh, geez. It probably depends on the talent's perception perspective. Yeah. Like if they don't consider themselves, like why would they go out of their way to be like, well, you, you know, like, you know, like, but I don't know, like going back to something from, um, actually I'll get into it when we talk about that match, but Anyway, um, sorry, I was... My no, yeah, that kind of wraps thing. us up for news this week. Uh, the main thing is Owen Hart, which which is beautiful to see. Yeah, I, I didn't really talk about it. I didn't really... I didn't even know this was like a thing that was even... I, I had thought that I'd played as Owen Hart in one of the games, but I guess not. Um, I, I believe it was a 2K game. So, there might have been... Yeah, it might have been like a WrestleMania. Oh, like, uh, WWE 2K16. Uh, Owen Hart was yeah, in. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I think that's the one where you'd play through all 30 WrestleManias or something like that. Or I don't remember. But anyway, I remember playing as Owen Hart at one point because, like, they do the WrestleMania. Uh, I think it was, like, the Bret Hart steel cage match that they had. Oh, anyway, what a, what a um, match. Yep. Exactly. But anyway, um, yeah, it's good to see. Like, uh, Owen Hart's obviously, like, it's so tragic what happened with Owen Hart, you know? like Definitely. But, yeah, so I guess we'll go into the breakdown of the week. I mean, like, it's it's honestly like and the weird thing about this is going segment by segment it gives you a really good perspective on how good the overall week of wrestling was oh, so definitely. i'm interested to see uh what happened in the dark stuff first like was there anything significant that happened there in uh dark or dark elevation yeah so um with dark elevation this week we had this was episode 29 it was filmed you know last week before dynamite uh we had thunder rosa picking up a victory gun club and then Really, our main storylines here, um, Alan Angels and 10 of the Dark Order defeated Evil Uno and Colt Cabana of the Dark Order. Now, something I really liked about this was Alan was actually unmasked, and Evil Uno still did not shake his hands, which we finally saw that brought to uh, Rampage tonight, and Evil Uno still did not shake hands after we kind of they kind of teased it a little bit, so we'll get into that. Um, Orange Cassidy picks up a victory, Private Party. Hikaru Shida, we have our Sunny Kiss versus Joey Janela match finally, after Joey Janela stabbed her in the back, and Sunny Kiss picks up the victory, and Kayla Rossi, who is Joey Janela's like secret partner, lands a brutal after the match attack. So, and she is, she's fucking jacked. She she looks great. She's a beautiful build. And Santana and Ortiz pick up a victory, and then our main event is Dustin Rhodes defeating QT Marshall with the factory. So you know, see, I saw that. So it's fairly, weird thinking of of dust of Dustin being on dark. You know, like yeah, fairly run of the mill. They have legit people in there too, but it's like it's it's you know, so they can be against legit talent on dark. But it's like it's so funny seeing Dustin Rhodes on dark. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, hey, 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 I really think Dustin Rhodes there. They probably you know because I don't, He's I don't probably think he was heavily featured last week think. on Dynamite. So they were probably just like, hey man, let's keep you warmed up. You're going out right before Dynamite starts. You know. Enjoy it. Yeah. The crowd was hot. The crowd digs True. Dustin Rhodes. I, so, hey, good for him. Um, yeah, it was just funny seeing him scroll on Dynamite. I was like, huh, he was on Dark. That's funny. Yeah. It's nice seeing those names. It, it makes you yeah. kind of – feel. it makes you want to tune in. It's not the same mm-hmm. couple names. Although there is some people that are, which is good. There are some people that are on there a lot, but they're, it's because they're in training. You know what I mean? <clears throat> and then Tuesday's AEW Dark, which is episode 109 from Universal Studios. Garrett, this was an hour and 47 minutes. Oh my goodness. Um, Wardlow picks up a victory. Big Swole picks up a victory. Santana and Ortiz defeat Chaos Project. So Santana and Ortiz, back-to-back wins. Good for them. I really want to see Santana and Ortiz versus the Lucha Brothers at Dark Match Victory at full gear. Champions. 
Uh, Joey Janela then picks up a victory. Tay Conti with Anna Jay and Negative One, a.k.a. Brody Lee Jr., pick up a victory. So it's nice to see Negative One out there the Dark Order. Um, Brock Anderson and Lee Johnson with Dustin Rhodes, so two guys of that nightmare family, pick up a victory. And then okay. Garrett, FTR defeats Stallion Rogers and Anthony Green, both formerly Kurt Stallion and August Gray of 205 Live. Guys that literally ran 205 Live during the pandemic era. It's nice to see FTR. I, th- I want to say it was about 15 minutes. FTR really went out there and gave those guys a match. I would love to see them signed. It's nice seeing guys like that who are technically independent wrestlers get that spotlight because you can on this. Because AEW Dark is filled with so many independent wrestlers, you know? Well, yeah, because I, I mean, it's probably like it, it, it's the easiest way if you want to see if you have talent to sign, right? Yeah, both these guys. WWE does all the time. And going by Stallion Rogers now, these guys, they were so boned in how 205 Live kind of happened. Because 205 Live is kind of, you know, the NXT B show now. And they were so boned in how they were treated there that it it feels nice to know that FTR didn't go out there and squash them in two minutes. They gave them a match. It was was legit like 15-minute match. And FTR is... I just got to put them over for that because I, I really stuff like that that goes that shows how much impact they have on the business. F- and FTR. even putting that match together, they knew what they were doing, you know, because everyone's oh, yeah. gonna know the, recognize them. Yeah, I mean, F- the funny thing about FTR is that I feel like they have like a better grasp even than like the Young Bucks on like what really great tag team wrestling is. Oh, so I would not be surprised man. if they started some even the more best. involved uh, in some of those decisions, you know. So, and then we had the bunny picking up a victory. Lance Archer. uh, What is the bunny? I still don't know. (laughs) She was out there with her crew too. Uh, The factory picks up a victory. Um, Daniel Garcia then defeats Alan Angels. I didn't like this after Angels just won on Monday. I don't know what they're doing with Angels, to be honest. I I like Alan Angels, but Daniel Garcia picking up the victory makes sense. He was just in that little program with Moxley and I'm sure they'll have more one-offs. Uh, John Silver and Alex Reynolds of the Dark Order then defeat the Hollywood hunk, Ryan Nemeth, who I'm a big fan of, Cream Boys for Life, and Peter Avalon. And then I believe they are called the Wingmen. And then Colt Cabana of the Dark Order then defeats J.D. Drake of the Wingmen. (laughs) (laughs) Rough rough episode for them. And then Eddie (laughs) Kingston defeats Bear Bronson in the main event. Uh, Bear Bronson is of Bear Country, one of the newer tag teams in AEW. So why does he get a big spot there so much? Like, I didn't understand that. He seems like he's a main TV star, but he's also on dark all the time. Like, yep. I so I think his the thing with him. I'm guessing this was the last match at uh, Universal Studios, so they kind of went out with a bang. You know, give him Eddie Kingston versus Barry okay. Bronson. It was a fun little match. Um, but yeah, okay. An hour and forty seven minutes. Holy sh, dude! That was that was like including the two Dy- so Dynamite and Rampage is four hours, and plus Dark and. Uh, Dark Elevation. That was, I think that's nearly seven hours of AEW wrestling this week, Garrett. That almost that's almost close to what what the other company was doing in one week. <laughs> so and, uh, all uh, in all, I think Dark was fun. So you know, I mean, hey, you heard the names that were in there. That's There's almost a lot as of cool long ones. as a WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> Good God, yeah, lots of little fun <laughs> spots. But um, I think the thing I'm taking away from this right now is. I, I don't think they still know what they're doing with the Dark Order. I think they're, they're really waiting for the Virginia Beach show with Hangman. So, you know, we'll see. 
I don't know. It's a it's a faction that they've been trying to do for forever, but like it feels like they just don't know, like you said, what to do with them. Or yeah, they like, had a, they had the perfect direction with Brody Lee, and now we just don't really. I don't know. I like the idea, but Alan Angel's losing right after beating Evil Uno. Just I don't know. I don't I don't understand the decision myself. <laughs> it's a the fifty fifty booking, man. Anyway, um. Yeah, so that was that was the stuff from Dark. So let's just uh, let's run down. And obviously, we already talked about the opening match, but uh, let's go through the rest of uh, Dynamite really quick. So Dynamite this week, man, we have lots of matches and not as many segments as normal. But I think it was kind of fitting for the pay per view type vibe that we had. Would you agree with that from Dynamite? Yeah, I would 100%. I think that's the way you should book a show like this. Is you know you should have your segments, but like. I even think that I'll talk about this a little bit, but I, I feel like maybe even Dynamite would have benefited from just like having just the matches, you know, like, yeah. um, but so that's, after you know, our, after our Brian Danielson versus Kenny Omega time limit draw, mm-hmm. which I mean, Hey, some people were thinking that that might've killed the crowd. I don't think, I think this crowd knows that was, that was no, a big debate. That was the match they just had because you, you, a car having any kind of crowd reaction after a barn burning match, anyone that knows anything about wrestling, that's the hardest thing in the world to do because they're all dead. And while that's why they have cooldown matches on pay per views, like, yeah, exa- exactly. So after anyway. that match, what's the best thing to do if you are worried? If maybe, maybe they were worried about the crowd reaction, maybe they don't want to boost. So, what do they do? You send out CM Punk. This is actually how it was scheduled, I think, was this promo was the next thing set up to yeah, happen. Like, definitely. So, so even just in case if it was getting booze, which it wasn't, you send out Punk and, you know, you just kind of get him talking up the match that was on Friday. That was for Rampage. which is follow that? That was literally his line. I'm like, <laughs> I wouldn't want to follow that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and I wouldn't blame him because right after that, Garrett, we get MJF with Wardlow versus Brian Pillman Jr. with Julia Hart. Um. So anything to add from this? Yes, go ahead. So I, I mentioned this earlier. I wasn't entirely as impressed with Brian Pillman Jr. as I wanted to be. Um, I, I thought this match was average. Um, he gets and, a little horny in the ring. So I just, I, I think he needs, I, I, and let me just, he needs to calm the ever fuck down. To this. Okay. Well, I don't know about that, but like, <laughs> any, just in case any wrestler ever listens to this, I don't know anything about wrestling, right? I've never wrestled a match. But I know what I like to see as a fan, and I don't think this was that. Like, I, I, I'm not sure that I would have put him in this big of a spot, in this big of a feud, if, if I'm looking at it from the perspective of in-ring work. But, like, then, like, I don't, I don't know. Like, it's you needed something for MJF to do on this show, obviously. So yeah, I think the buildup was fine. I think the match was okay. No, it's the just... buildup was great. The match absolutely did not live up to the hype of what was going on in this feud, though. That's what I'm kind of getting at. Like, yeah, it should have been a bloodbath for MJF, or even the other way around. That's if where, that's where I think over. Pillman works best in a tag team because he, he gets really antsy, as like as I was like to say, horny, and he kind of just he's a little too amped up, and I feel like it kind of. I don't know. It takes away from certain moments and then certain things don't look as good. I think MJF had a really good moment with Julia Hart. And that's where we had uh Pillman go for his tope suicida. And it, it was nice. 
Yeah, I mean that was it. Didn't, nothing. The match just felt like it never really got going for me. Like it was. It really didn't. It had that commercial break, and again, they were following Brian. I'm still. I'm. I'm never going to stop complaining about that. By the way, the picture in picture. I understand they have sponsors, but like, dude, that is yeah. so bad. Like, they had a good fake out for it on Rampage, which we'll talk about. But <laughs> um, so yes, MJF takes the win here. We knew this was coming. Even being in a program with MJF, it, it helps boost your stock. Right, so oh, absolutely, MJF's just, gonna I, win though. I wanted more. He seems like he he looks really cool, but he doesn't wrestle like the guy that he looks like. You know what I mean? Like, it's super weird. Like, we get um, a quick uh, backstage interview with Alex Mount uh, Marvez, who interviews Jericho and Hager, and he tells Dan. They tell Dan Lambert, "We're ready for Dan Lambert and his meatheads." Damn this that that I didn't notice this so much. I didn't even write it down in my notes. <laughs> yeah, it was it was just there. Um, which then we get into our Malachi Black versus Cody Rhodes, which we talked about at the mm-hmm. beginning. We both really loved. Weird match, but I liked it. You know what I mean? Like Malachi um, Black fans over here. You know who I was surprised was not on this show while we're talking who? about Malachi Black? Andrade El Idolo. Little he was a, there was a there was a segment, right? There was like did a have a segment promo. on Rampage, yes. I thought there was one on uh on Dynamite um, as well. So maybe maybe not. Yeah. Malachi Black gets the win. And then we get a promo for next week's Dynamite, which shows Sammy Guevara taking on Miro for the TNT title. Yep. And then we get into another match. FTR with Tully Blanchard versus Darby Allen and Sting. This um, was I, – I didn't know. I, I expected this to be good. I didn't expect this to be, like, great, great. I enjoyed this match a lot more than I expected yeah. to. And it's not that I don't like Darby Allen. I just Were you never shocked know what to at expect. the winner, I want to ask? Because I was actually a little sh- – I thought FTR was winning. But then I was like, wait a minute. With how hot Darby Allen is and Sting, yeah, I kind of thought going in Darby was winning because he's just so okay. white hot. I don't, I don't want to think. Not that FDR don't need wins, right? But like, actually, honestly, they don't. Like everybody knows who they are. Like, um, but like Darby is still in that stage in his career where I feel like the right moment, the right feud, the right situation, he could end up shooting himself up into that next level. So maybe I feel him like giving Sting him every a opportunity, tag, a tag team kind of run here. Maybe that's where that's leading. Maybe I I would think the best way that I would do if I'm booking Darby Allen right now, I'm going to do my booking thing that I do sometimes. If I'm booking Darby Allen right now with Sting, right? I'm booking them as tag champions eventually, maybe not right away. Yep. Having um, a build up by beating teams like FTR is a good stepping stone. Exactly. Step. Kind of where I was, my head was I have them beat like FTR. Maybe have like a uh, maybe have them team up and face like this new super click trio, right? Um, I don't know who you'd throw in there, maybe Moxley or something like that, but like, I don't know. But like, um, I actually don't know who it would be. Maybe I'm not sure they could figure something out. Um, there's plenty of people they could team with. Um, oh, and definitely. then probably after Darby wins the tag titles, I'm gonna make it a shorter reign for championship, right? For that championship, <clears throat> and then I'm gonna part him from Sting at that point. Because oh, if they eventually have a feud, it's going to be money. After that feud, if that's the feud that they decide to go with, because they decide not to, then I'm booking Darby as the champion. I don't care. Like that's the move that I take. Because if he's starting to get to the point where I would book him and feel comfortable putting him in as a tag team champion alongside Sting, you know, like I feel like there's no reason why you can't put him in the main event scene at that point. Um, yeah. Because, like, he's already been a champion, so, like, he does not, like, he's not, you know what I mean? Like, oh, definitely. So, One so of the I mean, more brutal like, moments know. in this match before commercial was Darby went for that coffin drop on the outside, 
but FTR caught him and just slammed the shit out of him. Really liked it. <laughs> that was a bit of a memorable point. But I actually like the spot where he did the coffin drop like off the top rope onto the apron. Oh, that's such a good onto, move, man. Was it onto onto? Uh, I believe it was on Harwood. Yeah, I can remember. Um, like, you want to talk a little bit about Sting in this match? Oh yeah, so I did mention this to you over sixty-two the, so years old, by the way. Yeah, Sting looks great in the ring. Like he didn't like look like he's aged. Today. He looked exactly the same as when I remember watching him in the Impact tapes, or eight tapes. I guess they were. T- I don't know if Impact was taped back then or not. Actually, I have no idea. But on the old Impact shows from like Thursday night or something like that on Spike, I remember watching that when I was a kid because I was trying to consume all the wrestling that I could because I found out there was more than just WWE out there. I was like, wait, there's other wrestling. Yep. So uh, a whole new I, era of kids going through that now. By the way, know? Sting was already like forty at that point, which is crazy, yeah. or something like that. Like that was <laughs> well, it wasn't like forty. He was like fifty actually, which is even crazier because like it's, it was only like ten years ago, you know. But he looked great. I did not expect him to be like as fluid in the ring. Still, it's like he never lost a step, which I assume is what it was like when he was feuding with Seth Rollins, right? But i I wasn't in, I wasn't back into wrestling at that point, so I don't know, you know. Um, and I, and I try not to go back and look at things that I wasn't there for like that. Cause it's like, I'm not going to get the same vibe. You know what I mean? Um, oh, yeah, wrestling is so in the moment, you know? Exactly. But I was just really impressed with his in-ring ability. Like I'm not that, not that I should have ever waned on him or anything, but you just never know with a guy that's that old. Like I've seen so many horrible Ric Flair matches from when I was a kid, you know, like, um, Man, and it's and not I that think- Ric Flair was bad. It's that Ric Flair was old. And he wasn't able to be him. Yeah. And like the Undertaker have run into this problem, has run into this problem recently. Like Undertaker's great. But the thing he's was old. hitting really nice spine busters, you know, and, and this is, it's got to be really cool for FTR to be wrestling someone like Sting with how much they respect the business and just respect their elder wrestlers. I mean, oh, just be, just working with Tully Blanchard is so, it's so cool for them, man. And it's such a, it's such a, uh, like an insane, like, endorsement of them as a team too that this like legend is like oh, yeah I'm, these are the guys i want to work with while i'm here you know like, i love it and that little uh sting punch and tully was pretty good yeah i liked that that was good they built that up in the in the build the lead up to this match that was a good payoff and so but, uh, so yeah darby allen and sting get the win at first i was a little confused but i was like you know what ftr putting them over probably means they're gonna do something with maybe uh a little bit of a tag and I think FTR, maybe this might be a feud too. This might be going forward a little more. Yeah, I, I could I could see them doing that. I don't even know if you want to put them necessarily. And the only reason I would book them with the titles is just because I want to see. See, to me personally, if I was going to book like the next great mega star for my company, I want them to not just be a single star. I want them to also be like a tag. I want to be able to put them in a tag team. And Because that's something about wrestling that I've never understood is the idea that you can only be one or the other. Right? Yeah. Like they've changed this a little bit over the last few years with a guy like Kofi, right? But like even he was wrestling singles at the time, you know, like yeah. so it's like it's so it's like I I don't know, I want more variety in my in my in my yeah, champions. I, I love it, man. Um so this takes yeah, us to the main event. Yeah, this takes us into our main event, which we have the AEW women's championship match in the main event, Ruby Soho versus Dr. Britt Baker. And she's out there with Rebel and Jamie Hayter. Um I think I saw a lot of people saying maybe this fell short of their expectations. They, they didn't have too mm-hmm. much time. I think that's what killed this match. Actually, it was the time. I, I don't know what got the time. I still haven't figured that out. Maybe it was 
FTR and Sting and Darby because that ended yeah. up being a I, way better match than I was expecting, and maybe that's why because they gave him a little more time. I think but. I think the match was going it was it was perfectly fine. I think uh, I was I was it wasn't my favorite, right? I don't know what it was about Ruby, but she just felt like flat. In it this. felt a little like, flat for the main event, but I will say Britt Baker's curb stomp to Ruby was unbelievable. I mean, it really looked like she smashed the shit out of her face. And I love that the dentist has a curb stop. It's just, it, it's perfect for the character. Well, like, think, like a heel dentist has, right? Like yeah. a, a face dentist wouldn't use that move because they would be worried about what it does to you. But like the, the, the heel dentist, no, nah, I know exactly how to break your face. Like, I think Rebel distracting the ref and then, you know, Jamie Hayter, you know, uses the ropes, hits Soho. And then Britt capitalized by putting the lockjaw on her. I mean, it it was a distraction finish in the main event of the biggest dynamite ever. Yeah. Did that, it need to little... happen? No. Man, two two non finishes on this. Like two not and two non two not clean finishes. This one feels different to me because I just it I understand what they wanted to do, right? You want Britt Baker to stay your champion. Totally get it. It's the right move. They okay. want Ruby Soho to not lose clean. Well, you, maybe you shouldn't have done this jumping head first, having this match right now. Maybe you could have had it at full gear. That's kind of where my head goes with this. Is It's great. It was a good match. I, and this is what I wrote down in my notes. Is like, it could have been more, but I did like what I saw. Yeah. I, I, what I, I would like to see is this run back. And I think that may even be the plan, right? Cause like, yeah, I mean, well, but, well they released their rankings uh, Friday and now Ruby Soho's not even the top five. So I don't, I don't know what you funny do how, with how you could be in the top five just by debuting. Like it's weird how that works. Yeah, like, she won. Well, she won the casino battle. She, royale, totally they, had, she was one and Oh, but like, come on. Yeah. Is that really going to put you in exactly. the top five? Rankings? So I like, think, come on. I don't know. I, I'm, I think wrestling power rankings are such BS. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, Gun Club is what rank three in the tags, so we'll see how that works out. Um, this this was a weird decision. I think I love that they got the main event. Good for them. Britt Baker deserves this. Britt Baker deserves to continue this championship reign, which has been fantastic. And if this is if the plan now is someone else at full gear, let's have a small prayer circle that is Thunder Rosa. Bird. <laughs> That's where I'm at. Right? Thunder Rosa's first in the rankings. It makes the most sense. Maybe do Ro- Ruby against uh, uh, Layla Hirsch. Maybe that's the move. I don't know. Like, I I don't know what the proper way to use new talent like this that you bring in is, right? Because this is kind of the problem that WCW ran into back in the day, right? It's like, it's kind do you of push unseen, these people? Especially for the women's the division. It's have? a little bit of unseen territory so far. Yeah. I mean, you just you're don't pushing know what- Jade. You're pushing Thunder Rosa, you know, maybe if after Jade beats Nyla Rose, maybe you go Ruby versus Nyla. We still got Hikaru Shida in there. Maybe, maybe Ruby goes Hikaru Shida. The convenience of having a heel champion is they don't always have to defend, right? Um, Yeah. We just need more than one women's program. And I think, I think hopefully, let's just hope that Ruby can inspire them to really put this on dynamite and. Because we had a really good drawn out program with Big Swole and Diamante, that it even had a, a a beautiful payoff, and they never put it on Dynamite. Like 
You have all this women talent now. It's time to start putting it on Dynamite because if you're going to – This is the criticism I've always had about both companies, right? Yeah. It feels like they just don't want to pull the trigger on just a standard And I love the Anna J stuff on on Rampage. At least we had another match that wasn't for the title. Like why does it always have to be about the championship, man? Like it never can be about like personal issues between people, which is what really wrestling feuds are about is like, I don't like you. No, I don't like you more, but it's more complicated than that usually, you know, like. That's why having less titles forces them to do feuds like that. And I kind of like that. So I don't know what's next for Ruby. I don't think she's wrestling at full gear for the championship. Probably not. Overall, I think it was. It felt a little short of expectations, but it was still good. It was still a fine main event. I still, I, I, I wish it, it had a different finish, but you know, oh well. Maybe they just yeah. they 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 did the match and good for them. Overall, they did the wrestling math. Can't have her lose clean. Can't have Baker lose the match. So we need yeah. to we need to have the non finish. It, we already did one math, time man. limit draw on the same match. You don't want to do two. The TV oh, time. We don't want to oh, do two. No. So, that would have been a, that uh, would have been even worse. So I'll give him credit at least a little bit there. People for sure. All right, um, let's get to rampage. Yeah, so rampage. Uh, we kick off with CM Punk versus Powerhouse Hobbs with Hook. Again, as we say every week, it's Hook fucking gang. <laughs> Hook is great. <laughs> anytime he just looks great out there. Anytime I don't care if he ever there. wrestles. If Hook never wrestles but looks great, it'll be fine. There's a there's a moment I really liked of Hunk like pointing at Hook and like almost like giving me the bring bring it sign. I was like, all right, I'm in. <laughs> Garrett, um, right away, CM Punk is back in trunks. First of all, I mean, yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I I was a little surprised he came out in tights. I don't know if that was like I thought it was because maybe weird. his legs weren't. I thought maybe his legs weren't perfectly in shape or something, and he was yeah, worried about it. Yeah, I don't know. It. Maybe he just maybe he just wanted. Maybe try he was trying it out. Maybe he wanted to see. Yeah. Man, I I could see a guy being like, I've never wrestled or I haven't wrestled in tights in years or something like that. I wonder what it's like, you know. And maybe he didn't like it, or maybe he was just trying out a new gear look. I don't know to try and yeah. look different than he had in the past. But he just looks great in that. And there was enough like there are the five stars on the on the or whatever it is the stars on the uh, trunks. I always like that look better, but. I honestly didn't really particularly care for the match. Um, it was okay. I mean, yeah, it had some good moments. And it, there was it had the, some scary moments as learn. well. And again, like I'll say this because again, I don't want someone like Hobbs. I don't think he's gonna listen to our show, but I, you know, maybe they will to listen to the show and be like, "Oh, this kid that doesn't know anything about wrestling is telling me that I'm a bad wrestler." Like, I, I don't know anything about wrestling, right? But I know what I like to watch. I've said this already once on the show. This was not that like, um, and I love CM Punk. He did his best with what he had, but I almost watched a man die on Hurricane Rana off the top rope. Yeah, yeah. Like, Hobbs, I don't, that, that's not what I'm looking to see in my in my opening match. Like I love CM Punk, but even he is not good enough to get this guy to a good match. Apparently, at this point. Um, well, well, here's the thing. Hobbs, I think, had a great match with Hangman Adam Page. Um. I just don't think this was their best. I will say there were some good moments. Yeah, it wasn't bad. I enjoyed um, going to the top rope, doing the Randy Savage style, you know. Elbow I'm glad was nice. that he's still doing that because part of me wondered if he would because that was one of his WWE things, you know. Yep. But, like, I think he did do it in his, his pay-per-view match maybe. But um, I really liked Hobbs blocking the first GTS. Yeah, that's good. I don't know if someone – I don't know, maybe Tad. I wonder who got told, told him that. Like, look. You're big enough. You it might have been Punk. Punk might have been like, go ahead and block it. 
Yeah, go ahead and block it. You're big enough. It doesn't people seem like will actually buy it. Yeah. And it works to me. Um, well, that's a move too. That like you need to. I could almost buy that. Maybe Punk wasn't quite sure like how much strength he needed for that or something. And like so, it yeah. gave Hobbs the opportunity to reverse. You know, I mean, like it doesn't necessarily have to be that just because he's good enough. Like I don't know that I would buy that Hobbs is good enough to reverse a GTS. But like I think maybe just I don't know. Like it's it made sense in the match though. But I didn't I didn't particularly care for this match, even though I missed the first five minutes. I wasn't like by the time I would sat down and like settled in, I was like. Okay, this is fine, but it's like it's yeah, it's perfectly. It's nice to see him bunk back on. You TV. almost wish they'd have picked a better opponent, you know, like because it's Punk's yeah, it's first fair. TV match in years, you know. Yeah, but whatever. Um. So yeah, CM Punk um, gets the win. Obviously, so he's two and zero. Oh. Uh, we get a video featuring the feud of Nyla Rose, Jay Cargill, and Thunder Rosa. I'm guessing Garrett. This leads to a number one contenders match. Here's the thing. How how do you do this with having with not letting Jade win? So I, I maybe it doesn't lead to a number one contenders match. Jade yeah, I mean, cannot lose in a triple threat. Her first loss cannot be in a triple threat where someone else gosh, gets pinned. That'd be such a WWE move too. Like, exactly. Jade um, cannot lose in her first. Her first loss cannot be a triple threat where well, she doesn't get pinned. It wasn't a loss in a singles match, so it's like she's technically no, she's not undefeated anymore. Shut up, like. <laughs> I think I think the best move is to go Jade versus Nyla in a little separate thing. And you know maybe just <laughs> maybe chill out on it. So I I don't know like how do you do? You, I mean neither of the, that's the problem, man. Is these are your top people? I do it, like, like how this is still stemming wise. from the so casino like, battle royale. So we're still feeling that they're letting that known that they were pissed in that against each other. I like the idea almost though that like something is interesting to me about, and maybe this is what Con- Tony Khan is getting at here, or whoever's the one putting this together, right? Is that like, I think there's something interesting about putting all three of your tight, some of your top ranked people that are possibly going to get a title shot in like a uh, program together because it shouldn't work. It should be impossible for somebody to come out of this and win and not have, because I don't think, I think, I think what you're getting at is I don't think Jade's ready for that yet. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think, think Jade is ready for yet. the title match at full gear and she's a full blown heel. I don't think, you know. So, the problem is you have to test people at some point, right? Like, so I think what they could try and do is um, try and make like a convincing, um, try and make a convincing, sorry, everything just fell around me. That's why I lost my train of thought for a second. Try and make a convincing finish. It doesn't even have to be a triple threat. I think you could just have them having like matches where like, they're trying to one up each other like each week. And the problem is with Jade, you have to non finish so much. It's like it's Yeah, it's tough. That's the only it's not even that it's these three, it's that it's her. It's literally the problem. Yeah, like you can't have it's Jade not anything to do with her. In, in something that isn't meaningful. If she's gonna lose, it's gotta be big. Yeah, you can't You've do the built the, her up I, I keep, for so long. I now. keep bringing up WWE on this AEW podcast, but like it's the WWE thing, right? Like where you don't give them a clean lot. Well, they lost in a triple threat, so it's kind of like they haven't lost still. No, you just took all the sheen off of that by having them lose. You just don't want to admit that, you know? Like, yep. It's so, still singles wrestling. Yeah, it is. Whether it's triple threat or not, it's still a singles match. So it's like, yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know. It, it'll be. I'm curious to see. That's something we're going to follow. Uh, we then go into Super Click versus Jurassic Express and Christian Cage. 
if these are your average six man title matches or like just six man matches in general, I can get yeah. behind this shit every single day. It's just fun. It's think, just so much fun. I think a lot of people bought into the misconception that six mans are just as bad as like eight man or ten man tag matches because they're multi man. They're really not. Six man tag matches can be interesting if and you it can work a different correctly. style. Absolutely, and I mean. It seemed like both uh, multi-man tag matches didn't really have like rule rules to them, um, which is fine. I mean, honestly, the wrestling There's a couple of great are... spots here. Yeah, you, if you have spots you want to go to, I, I was just going to talk about like I just enjoyed this match in general. Um, yeah, definitely. And I didn't really, I didn't. It was not something I specifically remember. Uh, actually, no, there was one spot I specifically remember. The uh, like the what is that like the camel clutch or whatever where they did the. To kiss spot. Yep. That was great. And that's their that little awesome. t-shirt too. Holding Jungle mm-hmm. Boy there. And yeah, we get Adam Cole versus Jungle Boy next week, which beautiful. Um, The Young Bucks after this, they, they tweet new bio, which is their little fun gimmick that they do. Mm-hmm. And they're basically, they're saying what we've been talking about and what everyone's been talking about is trios titles soon or, you know, something along those lines. AEW has proven over and over again with these six-man matches that are separate from the tag teams, that are different from this and that, they are ready for a six-man title. They are ready for trios titles. I am confident that they will make it work. And there's so many good tag teams and good stables that can go beyond this. Because tag team wrestling is something AEW has really fucking tried and tuned up to a beautiful degree that I I think I'm ready, man. And now with the super click, it just makes so much sense because now you don't have to run the young bucks straight back to the Lucha Bros. Let the tag titles do their own thing. Yeah, it's true. They don't have to be, yeah, the, the tag team championship. And this is the beautiful thing about having like a six man tag team championship is you could have four or five of your top tag teams on the same card without having them all have to be involved. With like, like you don't have to have four matches now. You can yeah. have two matches, and most of your major tag teams are on the card, and it's only two matches. And yeah, you have to give those matches a little bit of time because they're tag team. But I mean, like you know, just just some of the possibilities, right? I, so Adam Cole and the Young Bucks. You got Jurassic Express. You can use Marco Stunt. You can use Christian Cage. Death Triangle, Nightmare Factory, Team Taz, The Gun Club, Best Friends. So many combinations of the Hardy Family Office. Uh, the Dark Order, FTR, and Sean Spears. They already kind of teased that, the, the members of the Pinnacle. What is the uh, stable that like that uh, Jericho Inter- is Inner Circle? Against? Oh, that's Jericho's stable. The Jericho, the, the, the one that he was fighting against. What is that whole thing called? Uh, the Pinnacle. The- Oh, that's what you were just talking. Okay, I didn't. I didn't know. Yeah, that. F- that, that, the pinnacle is that's FTR, a lot of MJF, Wardlow, and Sean Spears. Wow, that's okay. Wide range. Yes. Then <laughs> you also got the elite. You got the super click within the elite. <laughs> so that's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh my goodness, there's so much. There's so much there. And but I've I've been an advocate of this for years. Like you can probably trudge through old stuff on the Masoki channel if you want to go back deep enough. If there's still some podcasts on there from when we used to do wrestling reviews. Um, and there was so many episodes where I was just like, guys, did you see the six man tag match that happened tonight? We should have a championship for this. Like we should, man. I was pushing for this for years because I believe it was, um, Lucha Underground did it for a little while, putting on absolute 
just yeah, we insane got Lucha, matches. Lucha Underground, we got there's another uh, Mexican promotion that does it. Ring of Honor, New Japan. And it's a big thing. And there's been WWE had one at one point, I think. Like Yeah, if not WWE, definitely like, WCW. One of them had one. One of the two. I, I think maybe WCW's might have gotten brought back at some point or something stupid, but like it's not not in WCW, but in like WWE. Like I don't remember, but like anyway, the point is it's been done before. It's never really been done super well, in my opinion. I don't think. I mean, uh, a lot of people really like Lucha Underground. So a lot of people really like the the other promotions you mentioned, versions of it. I've never been that big of a fan of other people doing it, but I think that if you had the right situation with the right performers, you absolutely could pull it off. I almost think you could build a whole promotion around it, uh, around the idea of six man tag. And with how passionate like and how much they've cared about tag team wrestling here. 100%, dude. 100%. I would love to see an all-tag team promotion, actually, now that I think about it. Not even just six-man, but you give me six-man, eight-mans, and like just regular tag matches, and that's the entire thing. we got a couple more <laughs> tag teams coming up here, too. Uh, our next match was uh, – and just uh, Super Click do get the win. I don't know if we said that. Oh, yeah. True, 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 true. Uh, men of the Year with Dan Lambert versus Chris Jericho and Jake Hager. Now, while I've thought that Dan Lambert stuff has kind of run a little stale, it's still got some good moments, but it's run a little long. I was like, please, God, don't let men of the year lose this. I, I really <laughs> was going to be upset if they lost because, A, Jericho and Hager, really, they don't need the win. They they just don't. And Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky, they could be uh, potential suitors to face the, the Lucha Bros. They, they could be up next in terms of going for the tag championships, right? Or, Garrett, I'll get into this in a second. Uh, but yes, at, we'll talk about after the match real quick, just to okay. cover the segment. Junior Dos Santos, Jorge Masvidal, which I've already seen all over Bleacher Report, all over ESPN. They wanted this. Jorge Masvidal is one of the cur- more current UFC stars in an era where they've struggled to make stars since you know Connor and Ronda. Jorge Masvidal was one that really you know hooked a lot of people, and he, yeah, he was out there hitting the running knee on yep. Jericho. Yeah. I, so I, I hit I you with a lot. Match. Yeah. What? Yeah. Well, no, 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 no. I was just trying to, <laughs> I was trying to collect my thoughts and think about where I wanted to go with this. Cause I'm, um, what do you I think kinda, of the winner? Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously if you're pushing them, you should be the ones to pick up the win. I, I mean, I also like was joking to you in our, in our conversation during the show. Like, it's, I don't know what it is about Scorpio Sky, but like, I just want him pushed to the moon. I don't know why. Yes, um, yes, 100%. Something about when I see that man on my screen ever since that original press conference has been like, okay, what are you going to do? I want to see what you're going to do. You know, like. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> um, but First ever, uh, he was, he, him and Frankie Kazarian, the first ever tag champs. True, true, true. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I remember I watched that match. I was impressed. Um, and now he's but, in another team, and I really think there's something here. I mean, hey, man, you just never know. Yeah, tag exactly. teams are weird. They, they strike fire at the weirdest times. Heath Slater and Rhino were tag team champions, you know, like. <laughs> what a weird team. You know what I mean? Like, anything <laughs> can work, man. <laughs> what do you think of the match? Kind of run of the mill. Do you really oh, like it? I mean, like I didn't know. I mean, there was nothing. Any, there wasn't anything particular that jumped out about this match to me. Like it didn't okay. seem. Didn't Another seem match like where they kind of threw half of it in the picture in picture, including Jake Hager's tag. That I really disliked. What the yeah. hell? What What is that about? Like him, his literal He's the high baby spot. Baby face, of the match. man. That was weird. Um, yeah, it's a weird choice. 
Yeah, the big thing was the after the match. And Garrett, this is we're gonna get a little hypothetical booking here. Jake Hager is a former mixed martial arts fighter. Um okay. do you get this vibe at all that I've been getting? It's time for Hager to turn on the inner circle. If Hager joins Dan Lambert with these men of the year, A, we get another trios, by the way, which would be full-blown heels. Hager really, he can let Dan Lambert talk, which some of his best stuff in WWE was with a manager. And we can let Hager be the legit MMA fighter that Dan Lambert has on his side. He can be out there with Masvidal and Dos Santos and Paige Van Sant. Yeah. I think this, it might be leading in that direction, and I really hope it does. So we need something to change with the inner circle and, and, you know, they're not even really a group anymore. Yeah. I mean, yeah, really. Sammy was getting the shit kicked out of him and no one came to help him. Literally nobody there was like, yeah, you can die. We don't care. (laughs) What do you think of that idea with Um, Hager joining up with? uh, I like the idea on surface, but it just, it needs to be done correctly. Like, cause the thing that I've noticed, and this is something that's really sad. Even in his MMA fighting, he's, he literally just never gets made the star. I don't know what is wrong with Jake Hager that he makes people dislike him or something, but like something about the guy just doesn't get him. That tag, in man. The way that I do not be. like that tag being in the commercial break. I'm not even like the biggest Jake Hager fan, but like, dude, come on. It felt like it felt like it felt like it. I, it felt it's a little strange. scummy, man. It I've really never is. even, I don't know that I've ever even seen that happen during any of the other this tag is matches I've seen tag. on this. That was in the picture in picture. <laughs> I don't. Maybe it wasn't planned. Like maybe Jericho like needed to check on an injury or something, or I don't know. But like, yeah, that, it was definitely weird. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I would like to see. Oh, I'm saying it needs to be done correctly. Like what I mean by that is like I think if he steps into that faction, he needs to immediately become the top dog. Like. He can be their um, big – yes, and I think they could do this right if they do the trios title. These could be one of your heel teams in like a tournament for yeah, it. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Um, but I, Because like I don't want him to step over there and just become part of the crowd of people you see standing in the ring. Exactly. Right? He's been that like already. He was with Inner Circle. Yep. That's all he's literally he – was, and, and it, he's good at that, but I would rather him be like the main focus because he can, he can talk even. You know what I mean? Like a little bit. like like Not like great, but he can – it's not like he can't. It's not like he's impossible for him to cut a promo. He's just he's a little help, you know. Like, yeah. So uh, after that, we get another tag: um, Santana and Ortiz and the Lucha Bros uh, versus the Hardy Family Office, which was the Butcher and the Blade and Private Party, and Matt Hardy and Jack Evans were also out there. Uh, pretty much, you know, the bell rings. They're getting all their they're getting all their shits and giggles in. Matt Hardy has some scissors. It looks like he's about to cut Santana's hair, and Orange Freshly Cassidy comes out. Squeezed. <laughs> that was yeah. my favorite part of this match. Was yeah. it was it? Orange Cassidy has such an aura with the crowd. He does, he man. Walks he walks out and it gets a pop. Like, he knocks up uh, Jack Evans. Uh, commercial break. Every, they come back. Everyone hits their big spots. Just fun, quick. And then Santana and Ortiz hit the street sweeper. Yeah, it was and they shorter than I expected. Usually yeah, it's long, very short. Usually there are longer matches when, they, when there's that many men in them. But They might have cut some time on this one maybe. Or they just wanted to get them all out there, which I'm cool with too. Yeah, that, this was the third true, true. tag in a row. It went from it went from three v three to two v two to four v four. Yeah, it was it was a wild set of booking, but I think they did that. I think someone looked at the card and said, "No, we should just have all the tags in the middle because then it's almost like some of them that are shorter or longer. They almost work as cooldown." Something I liked way. is during the match, 
So then we'll cut to after now is during the match, we see Matt Hardy leave, right? Mm-hmm. And it's because he's, they said on commentary, he demanded interview time with Tony Schiavone. I was like, I kind of like that little gimmick. And then he, he challenges uh, Orange Cassidy to a hair versus hair. And he says, but wait, it'll be Jack Evans facing Cassidy. And Evans goes, Evans is like, hell no, man. I like Jack Evans. I, I think he's been, I mean, he's kind of been a jobber in AEW, unfortunately. I mean, we hate that term, but it's a, it's true. I mean, the Hardy family office keeps losing. And <laughs> um, yeah. I think it's pretty funny, though. I mean, hey, he's going to get a big spot on Rampage. Jack Evans versus Orange Cassidy. Evans is fun. He's a fun wrestler. It feels like that's the match where they're like, hey, do you want to be a star? Here, show us yeah, hey, do. let him go, you know. PWG guy that we we talk about PWG all the time and you know PWG guys Jack Evans one of those OG guys so much of what you see on AEW is literally because of PWG like and then that takes us into a next thing which I think kind of faked out the crowd so it looked like Sammy Guevara and Fuego Dos Sol were going to come out with their poster boards for the commercial break right which we knew because mm-hmm. we just came back from commercial but I think the crowd there was like oh you know they're going to do their thing all of a sudden you see Miro walking over He's just standing there, and Garrett, I put in my notes, uh, Miro kills Sammy and Fuego. <laughs> yeah, Fuego is actually dead. He's, he, he's not coming back. The Redeemer beat the living shit out of all of them. Yeah, he definitely – listen, man, like when 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 Miro – I was going to do voices too. I, I've lost all my energy just all of a sudden. I don't know how, but like um, – but, but no, Miro he, he, has been – big atrociously misused like everywhere he's gone like and um, AEW's finally booking him as the big monster and i think i like it we were talking last week i like it against sammy guevara this is a good direction you guys will remember i don't know if i mentioned it in our show last time but i wasn't particularly impressed with the last miro match we saw um and yeah who did he face let me try him uh he faced uh <sighs> fuego del sol he didn't need that we didn't need that match. He killed Fuego yeah. again this week. Like it's like I don't know. It's not like nothing against Fuego. I just didn't. It it feels like you should be booking him against like, and this is not a knock on Fuego. Like more legit opponents, you know, like exactly more more even credible. Sammy feels in terms like a more the... legit, like a more credible opponent because he was part of like that first faction that formed in the company, and he's you know obviously got the yep. nod from Jericho and stuff like. That. I mean, so it's like, yeah, I don't know. Like well, it's a good direction. I agree. We'll see. I, I would like to see him killing more people on TV like this. That's, yes. that's what he should be doing. Agreed. He's the TV champion. I mean, he should be on TV. Like that's we get a we get an Andrade promo. Who's talking about his big win over Pac? He loved seeing that. Um, Andrade says he doesn't need help, and that's why Chavo is gone. Agreed. He doesn't need Chavo. Then he says next time Pac will not have any excuses. This is a rematch. I'm okay with. Yeah. I mean, they've been trying to run this match for like a year. So. Yeah, they couldn't get it at full gear, so they put it on Rampage. and Yeah, and then we get Penelope Ford versus Anna Jay, which I would have probably bet the house that Anna Jay wins, and Penelope Ford picks up the win. Um, she picks it up with the uh, distraction from the ref from the bunny, and she tosses a brass knuckles to Penelope Ford, and Ford beautifully hits it. Um, I think the big note here, Garrett, for after this match is mm-hmm. the Dark Order – all came out. Yeah. I I really thought they were going to go full-blown Dark Order reuniting for Anna Jay. I think that would be a nice touch. And it looks like all of them did, except for Evil Uno yet again. Evil Uno walks away. 
So they still haven't buried the hatchet. Are, I gotta ask, are they milking this until Hangman? Possibly. I, it really depends, right? At the end of the day, like they know that once they do that, it's gonna be huge, and that they'll be able to use that in some capacity. I don't know if it'll get any of the people over that aren't already over in the group, right? Yeah. But it'll definitely help the group itself to be more. Because it's kind of in this state of flux, man, and it sucks too. Because like it was so. I mean, it's hot on all the shows, long. literally. Dark, and dark elevation. I mean, rampage. You know, they want to do something with it, but they just don't know what. And so I hope that they're building to something. But it doesn't feel like this is going to continue in a way, doesn't it? Doesn't it feel like that wasn't like inclusive? But it doesn't feel like it's also leading to anything. You know, like yeah. So I they they still didn't bury the hatchet. I think. I don't know. I part of me is almost because thinking, is, is them burying the hatchet the ultimate end game of this, and what does that mean? Where does that go from there? Is that even a good end game? Like, what is it that's going to be satisfying in this? You know, yeah. like they need some. Maybe this. Maybe the feud picks up from someone else. Is like, man, you guys really can't get it together. You must not even be that good of a group or something. Maybe you get like a side feud with that. With God knows what. Maybe that's where the. Pit- okay, I don't even like it. You got to do something with the Maybe group. MJF Maybe. Versus, versus the Dark Order. You get something there. Because Dark Order is baby. They are good baby faces, and the crowd still likes them. So maybe that's. Yeah, maybe you send like MJF in that direction. Do. That'd be good. Uh, give MJF something interesting to do after, like, the Pillman thing kind of, you know, kind of, like, like, uh, fizzled out a little, little bit. bit. You know? and, uh, I couldn't find that word. I don't know <laughs> why. Hey, we, we're on the same wavelength there. Penelope Ford yeah, picking up the win is is cool for her though. Actually, it's a nice little change of pace. I I thought for sure. Yeah, Anna no, was it's, give people wins that you won't expect, and people will be like, "Huh?" People. There yeah. was somebody that did that once on um, an episode of SmackDown. They got picked up a win. Again, I don't remember who this was, but like, I remember like, that oh, dude. Shit. I was like, "That's nice." To like, see. wait, I'm like I, they get wins. Oh, okay. It was like some. It was a women's match, I think specifically. And I was like, "Huh?" We get okay. our we get our lights out match main event. Garrett, John Moxley and Eddie Kingston versus Lance Archer. And then the lights out gimmick is stupid because the lights weren't actually out. Like, <laughs> yeah, this is a hard hitting main event. That's what kind of what we predicted. Anything you take away from this? Um, Suzuki's insane. Um, yes, which we already knew. Um, but uh, it does seem like they have a struggle with butching, butching with booking some of these. Um, uh, I don't even know what to call them in sanction, but these these no disqualifications matches because sometimes it does feel like um they're not entirely sure where to go with some of them. Like I don't know, yeah, like, like it just felt bit of a shit. It show felt disconnected points. a little bit in points. Like they were like, "Well, what do we do now?" Like it felt like there was a set of spots lined up, and then at some point Suzuki literally dropped what he was doing. Like you know, like um because they were like one of the spots the I really liked was Archer having Moxley dangling off the apron with his belt around his neck that felt pretty yeah, brutal actually they should not have cut the commercial on that i'm sorry but yeah. like, <laughs> it like that was a horrible that. time to cut commercial honestly like and then i think i know the they big probably had no choice but yeah wow. i think the big note of this is archer's about to end it and then homicide appears a lot of and homicide begins attacking suzuki and archer with the chair moxley gets untied hits the paradigm shift on suzuki and Homicide then hands a trash can to Kingston, which, you know, Kingston puts over Archer and Garrett. He smashes the shit 
out of that trash can with a cane. <laughs> that was actually – that popped me a little bit. The camera like, accidentally caught how open, open the yeah. space there was in there, which sucked because it kind of ruined the – you know. But like, And then, yeah, Kingston gets the victory. He pins Archer. And then as it goes off air, Kingston, Moxley, and Homicide are celebrating. Garrett, do you I find yourself as a Homicide fan at all? I know you used to watch some TNA. I so I don't remember anything about Homicide. I know that he was on TV. I don't remember much though. Like, yeah, I I, like I I never watched a Homicide match. I don't think. Like, I think I just didn't tune into enough of because back then when I would say I would watch uh, Impact, I just kind of was watching casually. Yeah, I wasn't really watching it like I would watch um, WWE at the time, which which even then I wasn't watching the full shows a lot of times. I would just tune in for when I knew my favorite wrestlers would be on, you know, like um, a lot of times back then because I wasn't as hardcore of a fan. But yeah, he's a big he's a big time tag guy with Hernandez on a on a TNA looks like so yeah. So I know they were a pretty there was a good team. They were like um, always like in the conversation for tag title shots. I feel like, but it's just like. I don't remember much from back then from watching wrestling, to be honest, because it's so long ago, you know? Um, yeah. um, they didn't post anything about him being all elite, so I think this is a one-off. Um, they they it, like to do that in this company, which I'm not a fan of, because it, it, it robs some of, in my opinion, it robs some of the actual debuts, because if people are just extent, showing but up. At, at the same time, I think Homicide, it's kind of like the Nick Gage thing. It, it, it works for the feud. It works, you know, they're in New York. It's Eddie's buddy. They did a good job of putting that over on commentary. I think that he's he is Eddie's longtime friend. Because like me personally, I didn't really watch TNA then. Like I knew the name Homicide, but I couldn't picture him. Like that was about it for me. The and, only thing that identified him as the same guy for me was the fact that he was still wearing the. Uh, the he's a former Ring of Honor face. World Champion, which I'll be honest, I did not know. I think I did know that. I because you know you hear guys' names and then you and hear about wow, the other promotions. Any guesses who he won this title off of? Ooh. December 23rd, 2006, at Final Battle 2006 in New York City. Oh, Joe. He won the title off of ending the 462-day reign of Brian Danielson. Yeah, I could see that. That Homicide was young back then, man. Like, it would have made sense that he would have been around the same, like, level. I mean, yeah. And also, Ring of Honor has never had a problem putting belt on somebody, you know. Um, oh, yeah. They, no. they felt they were, they were uh, sufficient as champion. Um, the current Ring of Honor champion is one of my favorite guys, Bandito. I'd love to see Absolutely. him wrestle on AEW one day. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, Garrett, Grand Slam to me was a big success. I think the second hour of... You could say they hit it out of the park. Yes, Sorry. you could. <laughs> <laughs> you absolutely could say that. And I think for me, um, overall, I, I really enjoyed it. All right. I'm going to... I'm, I'm just going to throw it out there. Which... Uh, which show did you enjoy more dynamite i think the second hour of rampage it was a little slower yep but that's okay it's because they weren't used to having it i don't think it it was was a special moment and i totally get it and i was feeling the wrestling oh yeah and i just wish that like you said i wish that second hour of rampage had been a little bit you know um stronger but it's not like it was bad it was just meh you know um and then how about yourself which, which show? Which so? I think I would I would agree with Dynamite because there were okay. so many good matches on Dynamite and like, but also like, Dynamite was still a wrestling show. There was a match on it that I didn't care for. It, it felt like an actual wrestling show, which it was. I mean, but it, it's the same. Like it didn't feel like when I watch the insincerity that I feel when I watch WWE. 
Like it feels like it's getting back to that sort of, and this is what I used to like about impact, man. Um, was that it felt more raw, more like these people are out there actually trying to earn something because their backs are against the wall, you know? Yeah. Obviously the concept money, but like I'm saying, like, I think there's a real possibility that if AW doesn't work out at some point that they really consider about talking to WWE about what they need to do to get like involved, you know, or something like, I'm not saying that'll ever happen. And I, I I think if they ratings wars can be brutal, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, definitely. (laughs) Uh, uh, Dynamite did another 1.2 this week. So good for them. Um, I will say, uh, I hope that Grand Slam is something they do once a year. And I hope they do it out of the rash. They could make it a nice little tradition. I'm going to disagree. I hope they do it like two or three times a year. And I'll tell you why. Okay. Because they don't have nine pay-per-views a year. They don't even have four pay-per-views a year, I don't think. Do they? Or maybe they have five. But like, they have less pay-per-views a year than WWE does in like three months or something like that. So it's like... (laughs) It certainly feels like that at times. Um... (laughs) I mean, there was a time when, when WWE was doing, we were reviewing two pay-per-views a month for a while. Like, God, yeah. So much work back then. But yeah, we, we got Revolution, Double or Nothing, All Out, and Full Gear. And then the rest is just kind of um, events that happen on Dynamite. So this being one of them. That's what I'm saying. If they decide, because, you know, they've spaced out their Dynamite schedules so that they can know when to do these bigger shows or whatever. In a way, I mean, like, that they planned out the booking, I should say, in a way that makes sense that they can do that, right? So they don't have to just build the show to show to show to show. If they splice them in between the pay-per-views that don't have direct builds to next pay-per-views, which is all of them, you know, then that would be a great way to make it feel like there's still championships on the line all the time in the company, you know? And that there's still, like, challenges being laid. This is the only thing that sucks about only having like four or five pay-per-views a year is that it doesn't feel like your champions are defending that often, you know? Um, yeah, that's but, why you got to work them into these home these home shows like this. You know, we got Homecoming yeah. that they've been doing, that Fight for the Fallen, you know, is a TV event, Fighter Fest. They did those pretty pretty back-to-back. It was like three weeks in a row. It was pretty nuts. Some good stuff. Yeah, there. I mean, you know, they give they, us some big matches. And you could just do a big match. I would love to see – I would love to just see a Dynamite with a big main event like – Give me a dynamite where it's Daniel Bryan versus or Daniel Bryan, hey, Bryan Danielson of dynamite versus for next week, man, we might have one in jungle boy versus Adam Cole. It's true. That's actually the thing I'm looking forward to most next week, to be honest with you is, is that match. And yeah. um, we got right now, we got that match. We got the AT AWTNT championship of Miro versus Sammy Guevara. We got Cody Rhodes and Lee Johnson versus Dante Martin and Matt Seidel. I love them pairing those guys up again. I hope that becomes a team. I like, do too. I really like it. We're getting a Thunder Rose, Nyla Rose, or, or Thunder 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 Rosa, Nyla Rose, and Jay Cargill have a segment together, which we talked about. And then we got Tay Conti and Anna Jay versus Penelope Ford and the Bunny. So finally seeing that tag match after. <laughs> I still don't know. What the hell like. is the bunny? <laughs> Agreed. And. Uh, the freaking bunny, man. That's an ongoing joke I love. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, Garrett, anything to tell the good folks at home? Um, I just like, if you're into wrestling and like you're like questioning whether or not you should get back into wrestling because of what AEW is doing right now, I will tell you as somebody who just got back into wrestling after taking about a year off, really. I didn't really watch anything in 2020. And prior to that, I think about half of 2019, I had stopped watching as well. Um, 
I'm not entirely sure that this would be the time I, I would choose to come back as a fan, but I will say that I'm not disappointed that I chose to start watching again. Um, good way of putting because, it. because yes, you're going to see some rough stuff because they're still trying to figure out how to work these newer stars. They're not really newer stars, the newer acquired talent into the shows because they've already got so much to try and put on there. But if you can deal with a little bit of like nonsense every now and then, though, I'm going to say like if you were a fan of NXT at any point, you probably could put up with a little bit of nonsense because NXT loved to do that. Um, I think I think this is the right time to become a wrestling fan again. If you're if you're questioning whether or not you want to be into this, if you were ever a super fan and you ever were that into the indie style of wrestling, um, this is the best chance you're going to have to get back into it. I think. Um, because there's never going to be a better time unless AEW signs the entire world. There's never going to be a better time talent wise, like, um, which they could end up doing by the way, not entirely impossible, but yeah. I don't think it's happening anytime soon, you know? Um, so yeah, I think that's, I think that would be my closing thoughts on this would just be, you know, if you're, if you're questioning whether or not to come back, I would say it's probably a good time just a way to put it in to be prepared for some wrestling to be wrestling, you know? Um, Absolutely. Anything you want to add at the end, bud? Yeah, guys, uh, pretty much, you know, we'll be here. Um, you'll, this podcast will upload in your feeds next Saturday. If you stuck it all the way out through this, you're fucking awesome. Uh, <laughs> we appreciate it. We hope you come back every week. This, you know, the goal is that maybe this is something that you plan on listening to throughout the week that you just, you love wrestling. You love AEW. You just want to hear other people talk about it. We give our own opinions. We kind of let it go on, and it's just the way it is. We enjoy it. Um, and this, we love having just random conversations too, and that's just kind of the whole way it is. I would say yeah, I'm- on, you can, if you if you do want to hit us up, you know, my, my Twitter is ocharlie. That's O-H-C-H-X-R-L-I-E. And I'm always, yeah. I'm always down to talk wrestling on there too. And you can find me on Twitter at Bane Duke, uh, spelled exactly how it sounds, B-A-N-E-D-U-K-E on Twitter. So yeah, if you guys want to hit us up on there, you're always more than welcome to. And we appreciate you sticking around. This is a fun week. AEW fucking Grand Slam, Garrett. Absolutely. And if you guys want to, you also uh, make sure you leave reviews for the podcast. And if you want to see us, like if there's something that we didn't talk about that you want to hit, throw it in there. I'll probably look and see it. Yeah. And we'll... Maybe we'll do that as a segment. If you actually, that'd be a great way. If you want to get a, if you want to get a question into the show, the easiest way right now, that might be one of the easier ways to do it by leaving a review and just throwing a question there. <laughs> Definitely. The goal eventually um, would be to set up like a mailbag, man. How cool would that be? Yeah, that'd be super easy. But at this point, if you're just curious and you're listening, you're like, ah, I'll help these people out with a review. Throw a question in there. If yeah, you're you tell us to go fuck something. ourselves too. We appreciate that. Uh, I probably won't read that on the air though. Um, <laughs> at <laughs> Well, I, I like Notice that I said probably. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> All right. But with that being said, I think that pretty much wraps us up for, for the show. Um, and I just want to thank everybody for listening. If you stuck around this long into the show, uh, you know, make me sure, like I said at the top, to go ahead and subscribe to us on all your feeds. And we're going to see you all next time. <laughs>